Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Well, let me tell you, mylifeinabook.com is a very unique service. I did it for my mom and my grandmother, and it has been amazing. It basically turns your mom's life stories or your grandmother's or anybody that you think is special in your life into a book. So here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send a question via email to the special person, whoever you choose. You can ask custom questions too, but I just kind of let my life in a book choose what questions to ask. And then your special person like your mom can type their response or they can record their voice and my life in a book compiles it all in a beautiful keepsake for you. And guess what? They can even create audiobooks. I mean, this is such a unique gift that will last a lifetime for you, your mom, your children, your children's children. It is the best gift you can give. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use our code clink at checkout for 10% off. This is an unforgettable gift for you and your mom. Get it today. Use our code clink, mylifeinabook.com. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime. And in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome. How's it going, Gretchie? Never better. Good. Got a salty dog. 
We are having salty dogs, you guys. Do you know what that is? Yes, I know what it is. It's delicious. It's one of my favorites because it so it's kind of like a margarita because it has salt on the rim, mm-hmm. which I love. And fresh grapefruit. That's the key. That is the key. So it's grapefruit juice, vodka, and salted rim on ice. It's so refreshing. refreshing. And you know what my friends do? They blend it. Mm, I don't know about that. But you Not don't need necessary. the salt on it if it's blended. That's more of like a, I don't know, tastes more no, foo-foo. No, 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 no. I but like it on the rocks. I do too. I like actually everything on the rocks, even my margaritas. No, no, Clink, clink. On the rocks, hard. Yeah. So what's coming up on this episode, Gretchy? Well, today I'm going to tell you about a woman named Martha. Martha Stewart? Mm, not Martha Stewart. But she did have a knack for redecorating closets. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. From Tennessee. Aren't you From, going to Tennessee? I am going to Tennessee. Oh, I knew you were. Yeah, I've been working on it. I just hashed it out with Stacy all weekend. Stacy, you guys, do you remember Stacy, our Stacey friend from Alabama? From Alabama. Yep. She was we'll on meet the up with her. Yeah. yeah She's I'm actually so gonna come on as a guest housewife pretty soon. Yeah, have we told her that? I asked her to. She was like beyond excited. Oh, good, 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 good. And good, she's good, so good. funny, you guys. If you have not listened to the episode she was on, pee my pants laughing at her. I can't wait to hang out with her again, actually. I know. You're going to be so jelly. I am so jealous that you're going to meet up with her in Tennessee. I know. I'll be on the mountain. I'm slope. in a bit of a pickle, though. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to maneuver this Tennessee business because, you know, I'm going to Pigeon Forge. And it's a dry town, no alcohol. And there's no alcohol at Dollywood. I did not realize that. I don't even get a dry town. That's like from 1930. Apparently there's like some restaurants that serve alcohol. I don't know. I got I really got to do my homework and figure out a plan because what kind of Christmas is that? I know. I saw on our Facebook group, you were having a conversation with somebody and they said they brought their own alcohol in there. I was like, are you kidding me? That's so weird. I know. I mean, you well, feel you gotta like you do what you got to do. Shoot. Feel like you're a teenager again. I bring my own alcohol everywhere we I go. Look at this. I'll show you what I walk around with in my purse. Tom. Oh, my God. I keep my silicone wine cup <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I got to take a picture. Hold on, you guys. <laughs> Seriously. You know, this face ID on your phone, it really never works. It doesn't even ever think that's me. Okay. I'm taking a real cute picture of Gretchy right now holding her. Silicone cup. <laughs> this is not some other kind of silicone thing. No. <laughs> Always prepared, Tab. Always yeah, prepared. Yeah, I guess you are. Yeah, you are. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what I've been doing this week? What? Not preparing myself for Tennessee. Oh, what have you been doing? I've been preparing for my daughter's 10th birthday party, Oh, which yeah. it's going to be a sleepover. And I'm sure other towns have this, but this is new to me in Los Angeles. You can buy these little like, or this this company comes and sets up these little teepees inside your house for each little girl. It's like a very cute slumber party. And I tried to be cheap and go with the less expensive company. There's two of them that I know of here. I went with the less expensive company to save my husband some dollar bills. Mm -hmm. And I had it all set up. The lady said, okay, we're set for this date. And a couple days later, I'm at soccer and I get this cancellation email. 
It's like, your party has been canceled. No. I was like, what the hell? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. And now I'm really in a like pickle, right? Yeah. So I emailed them and I said, what is going on here? I got this cancellation email and she writes back and she's like, oh, sorry, you didn't pay your invoice and we canceled the party and we are no longer available for your date. And I was like, you're like, you think you could give me a call? Are you kidding me? That's what I said. I wrote her back and I was like, first of all, I never got your email with your invoice. Second of all, don't you need to call or email again or say something like, hey, pay your invoice or your party is going to be canceled. Right. Nothing like that. And I mean, I was pretty furious. I was like, as a business owner, this is real bad customer service. And I hope you take this as a learning lesson. (laughs) So I told them. Yeah. And I called the other company who was so gracious and nice. And they were like, don't worry, we're going to, we'll figure something out for you. So they did. And I'm happy now to pay the extra money. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you get what you get. Yeah, I guess you get what you get. You should give that other company a little Yelp review. I know. That's what Sean said. But the company I'm going with is called Wonder. Wonder Tents. Real cute. Real cute. And so shout out to them for being real flexible, sending me a nice email with, hey, if you don't pay your invoice within seven days, like I paid it right away. Oh, I bet you did. Oh, yes, I did. I bet you did. So I've been doing that. That was a real big scare for me. Yeah. And now I have a little slumber party coming up on my hands with, you know, 10 How late girls. do those kids stay up when they slumber? Oh, my God. Okay. I had one last year also, I think for her birthday. Or no, maybe I had end of school slumber party, something like that. I came down at 3 a.m. and they were still having a dance party. Maybe put some tired teddies in the candy bar. Oh, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is not a bad idea. <laughs> Who wants this special gummy bear? Yeah. I yeah, I bought some of those CBD gummies mm-hmm. at a gas station. No way. Oh, but it doesn't have THC. It just Yeah, CBD. apparently. So I just like, we were on our way to Tahoe and I was like, oh, I'm going to at a gas station. You know, I never find time to go to the green store. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And my husband is like, hey, can you drive the rest of the way? I was like, no, I think I'm high. But, you, but you're <laughs> not, dude. You I didn't get... know it was like, I didn't know it didn't have THC, whatever. Oh and then I was you like, no, so I'm funny. just tired. I guess they work. Yeah, they are supposed to make you tired for sure. And like, yeah, relax, so get those kids some of those. The CBD. Just kidding. Don't like write us and say like, whatever, you know. Yeah. We're not going to give the kids it's any CBD, melatonin or CBD. Yeah. If anything, we'd cut up some clover patches and yeah, stick them on them. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want to hear about Martha. Okay. Let me tell you. Martha and her husband, Jeffrey Freeman, lived in an upscale neighborhood in Brentwood, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville. Oh, is it like Brentwood and Los Angeles, also an upscale neighborhood? Yes. Okay. Yes. Beautiful brick homes. Mm -hmm. It's very Tennessee-like. Okay. Love it. Currently in Brentwood for around 400K, you can get a real nice new construction home. And for a mill, you can live large in 6,000 square feet and on a couple acres. Sounds pretty dreamy, right? Sounds real dreamy. 
Yeah. I don't know if this is the neighborhood for me, though. They've got some nosy neighbors. And, you know. You don't like those nosy neighbors. I don't like those. You know, I scared the people across the street away. The ones that brought you cookies? Cookies. They up and moved, never said goodbye. And all day long, I saw the U-Haul truck in their driveway. And I'm like, I just wanted to say, oh, hey, you know, you guys move in. They wouldn't even make eye contact with me. No they were way. Like, out. And we were working on our trailer. So we were outside all day. She must have listened to us. Well, I didn't say anything bad about her. I liked her. No, I know. But it's a German I don't like. I know. Yeah. Nothing against Germans. It's just the only thing I know about her. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyways, back in the 90s, a young Martha met Jeffrey while working as a salesperson for a newspaper. Jeffrey worked for a trucking company and the two hit it off. Shortly after they got married, Martha quit her newspaper job and started her own company doing background checks. So according to Martha's neighbor, Ray Jean, Martha worked from home at all hours of the night. Ray Jean noted often her lights were on at all hours. Okay. Okay. By the way, my neighbors yes. also have their lights on all hours. And I always think that's real weird. You take note of this. Interesting. Okay. Mental note. Okay. Tabitha is a nosy neighbor. I am. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. When something looks off to me, for sure. You know, I think, side note really quick, mm -hmm. I think the people before them were, what do you call it when like the police put you up and like are trying to hide who you are? A witness protection program. Yeah. I think they were. I know some people that were in witness protection program that lived in nearby Agora Hills. Really? Mm -hmm. Listen. It didn't come out until he died. No way. Yes. That's close to me too. But I'm I'm pretty sure the people before them were 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So eventually Martha's company was successful enough to move into an office space and for Jeffrey to quit his trucking job and run the business with her. So here they are. They have a successful business, you know, no kids. Martha and Jeffrey also know how to have a good time. They love going to Vegas and Mexico and concerts. They're like living the good life, right? So from the outside looking in, it looked like all was going well. But despite appearances, it wasn't. Martha had been battling depression for some time. And mm. after seeking professional help, she was diagnosed as bipolar. Okay. Okay. According to the couple's friends and family, Jeffrey was real supportive of this. Around this time, Martha's mother moved in with the couple and she was ill. And it was a lot on Martha's plate with her fragile state of mind. And so with Jeffrey's support, she stepped away from the business that she had built while he ran it for her and she just took care of her mother, who ended up passing away about a year later. So Martha took her mother's passing real hard. According to Regine, next-door neighbor, mm -hmm. Martha spent a lot of time in the room where her mother had died. And Jeffrey was at work all the time, even on the weekends. So 
Under the circumstances, I think it's easy to imagine the couple growing kind of distant. But Jeffrey's brother says, no matter what, Jeffrey was the kind of guy who would try to make it work. He did everything he could to lift Martha's spirits. And and on July 4th, 2004, the couple got a hotel room in nearby Nashville to go to the music festival and watch the fireworks. I love that. I know. Love me some Nashville. I bet Nashville is real fun on 4th of July. Okay. But, you know, the couple ended up getting into an argument and Jeffrey got tired. And being that his house was only 20 minutes away, he told Martha, you know what? You do you, boo. I'm going home. So he left Martha by herself. You know, she had a hotel room. She's like all hooked up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, this would be the biggest mistake of his life. Martha stayed out in Nashville. Actually, Martha was kind of on fire. She got to walk in the town by herself, and she was like, you know what? Screw my kind, supportive husband that is probably exhausted because he is running a business and taking care of me. I am feeling myself. I'm going to party. Well, that's what you do in Nashville. Right? Well, by party, you know what she meant? She meant picking up three dudes that don't speak English, bringing them back to her hotel room and fucking them all. And that's what she did. No. Mm-hmm. They didn't even speak English? No. Where is she picking these guys up at? Just on the street. Not the honky tonks. Not the honky tonks. Wow. Okay. All right, Somewhere Martha. Downtown. Yeah. Okay. Now, side note, I have to tell you, if I were the kind of girl that judged a book by its cover, which we all do sometimes, and I am guilty of, I've got to tell you, I would not have seen this coming in a million years based on Martha's appearance. I've seen a picture of a young Martha, and she was pretty foxy at one point, but this Martha, who was 41 in 2004... Looked about 61. Oh. Okay. What is going on? Like, why does that happen? I don't know. I mean, you're, aren't you 41? I am 41. You, yeah. You, I mean, I look homeless. <laughs> you may look homeless, but you don't look like 60. Mm, Martha was I, real, like, style challenged. Oh. Lots of pictures with her just wearing, like, a man's t-shirt. Biker oh. shorts kind of situation. Oh, like I mean, homely. I know it was 2004, but it's like. More homely? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying, if you were looking at a lineup of possible women that enjoyed gangbangs, I'm telling you, Martha would be the last one you would pick. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So from what I can tell, and this is just me speculating, but I think that that night in Nashville Martha had some kind of awakening because a month later, she moved out of her home with Jeffrey and into a local hotel. Okay? Whoa. And guess who moved in with her? One of the guys that doesn't speak English? Yes. His name is Rafael Rocha Perez. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) side note real quick. Yeah. We've been watching Christmas movies every night. Yeah. And... Because you like to just beat the shit out of, like, 
Christmas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when it's over, it's over. Yeah. Okay. Until next year. But we were watching Christmas with the cranks. Cranks. Mm -hmm. Yes. Have you watched it? No. Oh, you haven't. Well, there's one part where the girl comes home with her new fiance and his name is Enrique. Mm -hmm. And the guy at the airport with the sign has it spelled N dot Ricky. <laughs> I thought that was real funny. Okay. So I just thought you were going to say Enrique, well, but it sounds you know, close enough. Martha had a problem with Raphael's name. She just called him Christian. Really? Yeah, but I could never figure out why she did that. I mean, it makes like no sense. It doesn't, but you I can call do, him Ralphie or something. That's what I thought you were going to say, but I do love the name Christian so much. I know. I know you do. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to call him Raphael. Okay. Okay. So for six months, this Raphael shacked up with Martha at the hotel. But they didn't even speak because they couldn't talk to each other. They didn't need to, Tab. (laughs) They had something else in common. All right. Okay. Now, Jeffrey, being the supportive husband he was, was under the impression that Martha needed some space to get her head together, and he continued to pay all her hotel room bills and support her. He did not know anything about Raphael being in the picture until one day Martha and Jeffrey's handyman, Tony, stopped by the hotel to pick up something that Jeffrey needed from Martha, and she just casually introduced him to Raphael. As a new boyfriend or just? Just like, who, like oh, hey, hi, this, is, this is Raphael. Okay. But it was pretty apparent that Raphael was like living there too. Mm-hmm. So Tony was like, what the hell? That's some bullshit. I'm going to tell Jeffrey about this situation. So that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey then went down to the hotel to see for himself. And he managed to convince Martha to give this up and please just come home. And also, he told her that he wasn't going to be paying her bills anymore, and so she didn't really have a choice. So Martha agreed to let Raphael go, and that being said, according to Tony, Martha had him be there when she told Raphael it was over. Tony said Raphael took it well, and he dropped him off at his friend's apartment. Adios, Raphael. Okay? Mm-hmm. Not so much. So when Martha agreed to move back into the Brentwood house with Jeffrey, she did not agree to move into the same bedroom with him. Okay. Okay. Martha's room was on a separate floor and she had a little secret. She had Raphael move into the closet. No. Yes. Yes. How is that even possible? Well... Listen, not even neighbor Regine suspected a thing, okay? She had run into Martha outside, and Martha told her something like, you know, praise the Lord, I'm working things out with Jeffrey. And (laughs) all the while, she's, like, banging Raphael all day while Jeffrey's at work and keeping him in the closet at night. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. So this went on for over a month. And then one night, according to Martha, Jeffrey came into her room and woke her up and said, hey, I hear somebody snoring in your closet. 
And Martha oh said, my God. <laughs> Martha just said, well, I don't know. And Jeffrey opened the closet to discover Raphael. Okay. <laughs> now, Jeffrey, being the kind of guy he was, told Martha, you know what? You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a walk. And when I get home, I want Raphael gone. Okay. Okay. Well, he left and came back. And guess what? Raphael was not gone. Okay. This Martha's got some balls, man. <laughs> she really does, right? Okay. At this point, Martha says Jeffrey took it to the next level, which was threatening to call the police, which is completely fair mm-hmm. on Jeffrey's part. But unfortunately, the next thing that happened was that Jeffrey was strangled to death with a telephone <gasps> cord. Oh. Right. Wow. That's the nice guy does not win in this case. The nice guy does not win. I mean, really, it did not pay to be kind of a pushover. Mm-mm. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, 16 hours later, Martha went and knocked on Ray Jean's door and said, a man has killed my husband. Now, Ray Jean asked her if she had called 911. And when Martha said, no. Regine called herself. So the police show up with the SWAT team because they aren't sure if the killer is still in the house and they don't find a killer. They just find Jeffrey. Jeffrey was soaking wet in a sleeping bag with a plastic bag over his head. Okay. Uh-huh. He also had marks around his wrist that indicated he had struggled with like some ligatures at some point. And his body was very cold So it was apparent that he'd been dead for like a minute or two. So police observed that there weren't any signs of a home invasion at the residence. And Martha herself didn't have any signs of being in a physical altercation. And she was also remarkably calm under the circumstances. Yes. So they had a few more questions for her that day that they wanted her to answer down at the station. Martha agreed to go to the station to talk to them. And when she got there, she told them, okay, okay. There was no like home invasion. I actually know the guy who killed Jeffrey. She told them he's sort of been living in my closet for the last month. (laughs) Sort of. kind (laughs) of. But I don't know where he is now. She told them Jeffrey discovered him sleeping. And after he threatened to call the police, Raphael strangled him. The detectives asked her, At one point, like, so Jeffrey, he sounds real even-tempered. The detective said, I imagine myself finding a man sleeping in the closet and becoming kind of, like, unglued. And, like, they couldn't get over the fact that he had heard Raphael snoring and bothered to wake up Martha before he just, like, busted down the door. Yeah. Okay. Martha explained that she had put Jeffrey through so much that she just didn't think there was anything more that she could do that would surprise him. Which is true. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So police asked her, well, why didn't she do anything to stop Raphael or call the police? And she said she was so afraid she didn't know what he would do to her next. And the police checked out the closet and they did see lots of evidence 
of Raphael living in there. They saw it had a mattress on the ground, men's clothing, Spanish magazines, lingerie, sex toys, naked pictures of Martha. Whoa. And a Spanish English dictionary. Okay. Right? Wow. I mean, really, how hot could it be? I mean, we're like seven months into this relationship and still just hot sex all the time. What does Ralphie look like? Who does he look like? Like, is he hot? For Martha, yeah. He looks like a badass, like, Hispanic, you know, pick, he had his long hair pulled back in a ponytail, like oh. he'd be in, like, a biker gang mm-hmm. or something. Okay. All right. You know? Overweight, her overweight at all? Husky. Not really overweight. Okay. Okay. I see. I mean... I think that maybe Jeffrey wasn't giving it to her like she oh, wanted no, it. Oh, and Jeffrey did not look like that. Jeffrey was opposite of that. Jeffrey had man boobs. Okay. Okay. So while the police are confirming this whole closet situation, back at the crime scene, while Martha's at the station, Tony the handyman showed up because he was scheduled to be there to start refinishing the deck. Okay. Mm-hmm. So police questioned Tony about, so what's the haps at the Freeman house? Okay. And he told them all the tea about how Martha had been shacking up with some non-English speaking dude for like a couple months. They also questioned the neighbors who said they saw a Hispanic man go into a house up the street that was under construction. So they went there to check it out. And they found Raphael asleep in the rafters. So he can, it sounds like he can just sleep anywhere, just like you, Tab. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they drove Raphael past Tony at the residence. And Tony said, yep, that's him. And then they brought him in to the station. And Martha also identified him as the killer. So I guess at this point in their heads, What they were hearing from Martha was bizarre, but it was kind of adding up because they came to the conclusion that Martha had just got herself into a bad situation and it's not technically illegal to have your Sancho in your closet. So they just let her go home and they just charged Raphael with the murder of Jeffrey Freeman. Okay. Okay. So five days later, it's Raphael's arraignment where he is formally charged with murder and Martha is a witness. So at the arraignment, Raphael has a lawyer, not a public defender, like a lawyer lawyer, okay? Oh, okay. Who's paying for that? His friends all got together and pulled money. Wow. Yeah. That's nice friends. Yeah. So this lawyer gets to questioning Martha and Martha... She sings like a canary and it just does not stop. She told the court about the night she met Raphael and his friends in Nashville and how they banged it out and how that banging continued into the hotel and then in the closet. And, you know, this was like, she didn't really need to divulge all this. Yeah. The attorney asked her more specific questions that somehow the police had not like so after the strangulation what did you do mm-hmm. 
And she said, well, I just watched Raphael clean up the crime scene. So at no point during did you try to stop Raphael it? cleaning up, did you feel like you could call the police? Why did you wait 16 hours? Martha replied, I don't have an answer for that. Okay, so at this point, the judge is like, you've got to be kidding me. Okay? Yeah. And he stops the questioning and says, this woman is incriminating herself. She needs an attorney and she needs to be charged for her role in Jeffrey's murder. It's very clear that Raphael did not do all this alone. So the Tennessee police were like, okay, okay, we hear what you're saying. But then they waited five months to gather evidence from the crime scene just to be sure they had enough to charge her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Why didn't they want to charge her? I'm telling you, I think it's because of her appearance. That they looked at her and they were like, come on. Yeah. It's a lot to wrap your brain around that little Miss Martha is like banging Raphael. I mean, they could not be more polar opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's so my next case that I'm doing also, it was hard for them to also... I mean, if you don't look the part, it's hard for somebody to charge you or like even, you know, they're, they don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Listen, also, Martha wore the perfect court outfit. She wore a modest light blue top, hair pulled back, minimal makeup, light pink lipstick, a cross around her neck, and gold stud earrings. <laughs> Did you think that's what Alexis should have wore? Probably. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, it bought Martha at least five months. Yeah. Okay. Before they charged her. Okay. So what is the evidence that they gathered during those five months that mm-hmm. finally led to Martha being charged? Well, let me tell you. For one, there was the ligature marks around Jeffrey's wrist, which indicated that Jeffrey had really struggled. And there was a shotgun involved, which Martha had told them Raphael pointed at Jeffrey. So they concluded that someone would have had to have been pointing that shotgun at Jeffrey while the other one Tying tied him, him up. up. Yeah. Okay. So also Jeffrey was 230 pounds and he could have put up a good fight. And for two, they started piecing together what had been really happening over those 16 hours between the murder and Martha calling the police. So... They spoke to neighbor Regine, and of course, she knew what Martha had been up to. She's like, yeah, she walked the dogs twice, and she went to Walgreens to pick up a prescription. Okay? How does how does Regine know? I don't know, but how does she know that her lights are on at all hours, and, you know, she's sitting in her mother's bedroom? And I mean, I'm not paying attention to stuff like Apparently, you do. Well, I just know that the lights are on even at three in the morning when I'm just like getting up to take the dog out or getting up because my son came in and I look and I'm like, why are their lights still on? That's weird. Every day. Maybe they just like to sleep with their lights on in their house. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, they went to Walgreens and they were like, well, damn, she was right. Martha did go pick up her prescription. So clearly... You know, what was the prescription for? It was for an antidepressant. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So it's not looking good for Martha's. I was too paralyzed by fear to call the police for and She's walking hours. her dog, okay. right. picking up her prescription, going to Costco. Yeah. Right. Okay. So next they went through the Freeman phone records and they saw that there was a call to Jeffrey's mother at 11 p.m. So they called up Jeffrey's elderly mama and she said that Jeffrey called her every Sunday at 11 p.m. Tennessee time. But this time... It had been Martha that called her, and she had told her that Jeffrey was terribly sick, and she had just put him to bed with a Sudafed. But the autopsy came back with no Sudafed in his system, so she not only helped kill him, they thought, she also fibbed to his mama. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So in regards to forensic evidence, this is where it gets kind of interesting. Because in the course of those 16 hours, someone or someones did a pretty good job of cleaning up the scene and getting rid of the evidence. But there was one suspicious thing that turned out to have some DNA on it, and it was a beach towel in the floor in the living room. Police took it into evidence and sent it to the crime lab originally to see if it had been used as part of the cleanup. But it wasn't used to clean up the crime scene. The towel had Martha and Raphael's DNA on it in the form of spermatozoa. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I knew you were going to say that. Spermatozoa is a grown-up word for jizz. And uh, the theory developed that either Jeffrey had walked in on the two of them doing it or they were doing it to celebrate Jeffrey's murder. Uh Oh, either way, it's not good. Okay. Not good. Okay. So here is where I'm going to tell you what I think happened. I think the part about Jeffrey waking Martha up to tell her that he hears someone snoring and then finding Raphael and deciding to take a walk. I think that that's all true. I think though, that when Jeffrey went on his little walk, Martha and Raphael started thinking, well, let's just kill him. Because we know that Martha was now at Jeffrey's mercy financially, and she wanted the money, and she was feeling desperate, and whatever Raphael was given to her, he was giving it to her good, because she did not want to give it up. And being bipolar and being in such a pickle, I don't think that rational, I don't think that rationalization was her strong suit. So yeah. She helped Raphael kill them. She probably pointed the gun so Raphael could tie him up and strangle him. And then they planned on getting rid of the body. And that's why he was in the sleeping bag. They were going to transport him in that. And then shit got real hard because, like, it's hard to move a 230-pound man, okay? And it's real hard to do anything in your neighborhood without neighbor regimes seeing what you're up to. Also... Tony was on his way over that afternoon to refinish the deck. So she had to rethink the plan. Okay. So first they cleared their heads by getting busy on the towel. Okay. Okay. So maybe this time Raphael didn't give it to her like she liked it. And that was a mistake. So she was like, Raphael, you go hide in that house up the street and you can give it to me good later. 
I've just got to get rid of this dead body in the house. It's like a real buzzkill. So she went over to Ray Jean's and said, someone killed my husband, blah, blah, blah. And then when they didn't believe her right away, she got to thinking, you know what? Raphael probably thinks he doesn't have to give it to me good anymore. What an asshole. I hate men. I don't need him. I've got a bunch of sex toys in a bag up there in the closet, and I can just take my fine self back to Nashville and pick somebody else up. So she kind of threw Raphael under the bus, thinking that, of course, they're going to believe her. Have you seen her? And Raphael, he's an illegal immigrant, so come on. And her thinking, this did work initially, and they just let her go. And so I think after that, she got a little cocky about it. And at the arraignment, on account of the judge being, you know, intellectual, it backfired. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, come on. Could you imagine if she got away with that? Well, yeah. Okay. So after Martha was charged, she was let out on a $75,000 bond. It's not that bad, right? What? Mm-mm. Yeah. And according to Ray Jean, after that, she stayed inside her house with the curtain shut for 18 months until the trial. Ray Jean says that she actually called the police to do a welfare check on her twice because she never came think, out of She house. never left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently Martha didn't hold a grudge against Tony the handyman for always spilling the tea on her beeswax because he brought her supplies from time to time. Okay? Wow, I'm surprised. I know. Remember Tony told Jeffrey and then he told the police. Yeah. Okay? So in September 2006, the trial begins. Raphael and Martha were tried together. Prosecutors say the strategy was to try them together so they would point fingers at each other. The judge in this case did not allow the salacious details from how Martha met Raphael. But I guess her attorney figured that everyone already knew, so he opened up his opening statements with, if this was a trial of moral misconduct, it would be an open and shut case. He said it was a case of jealousy and that Raphael wanted Martha all to himself. As for Raphael, his attorney said Martha planned and executed the whole thing and then just used Raphael to blame it on because he was an illegal immigrant. And so that made him an easy target. And Raphael does have a pretty good case on account of there isn't any direct evidence that shows that he is the actual killer. Except there's the whole thing is that Jeffrey is such a big guy and it's hard to imagine that Martha would be strong enough to have done the strangling. Even. Yeah. yeah. But there was the whole beach towel thing. And that is what the prosecutors closed with. And it worked. Because it only took the jury two hours to deliberate, and they found them both guilty of first-degree oh, murder. Oh, first-degree. Oh, yeah. Which was kind of a shock. It was anticipated that they would go lighter on Martha, especially because in the state of Tennessee, 
they don't mess around with murder one. It's automatic life with the possibility of parole in 51 years, which would make Martha 100. Raphael will be 95. Yeah, they're they're both living their life in prison. Yeah. I read an article that his attorney at the time said that they would appeal and ask for a new trial, but I can't find any evidence that this actually happened. And actually, I searched for Rafael Rocha Perez all over the Tennessee state prisons, and I couldn't find him. So I don't know where he's serving his time now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how that happens if you're illegal. I mean, I know they don't deport you, right? They have no. you here. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know where he is. In 2014, I did see that Martha's appeal case was turned down by the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And she was appealing on the basis of ineffective counsel, which I'm sure she really believes it was because it turns out she was in plea talks. In exchange for her testimony against Raphael, the state offered her 20 years with the possibility of parole after six, and her lawyer advised her to turn it down. (gasps) No way. Yeah. That's, That's a bitter pill to swallow, right? Oh, my God. She should have for sure taken that. For sure. So Jeffrey's parents filed a wrongful death suit against Martha for $10 million in 2005, but I don't know how that all shook out either. They must have come to a settlement because I couldn't find anything about a final ruling. Um, And since Martha and Jeffrey don't have any children, I hope his parents did get all the money. But what did they get the money from? Like an insurance plan or something? Well, there's probably the sale of the business. They probably sold the house. But they should get everything anyways, shouldn't they? I don't know how that works. They probably just wanted to tie up all her money so she couldn't pay her lawyer for all the appeals. I mean, because his parents were real old. I know. That's what you said. So Yeah. So they don't need it. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that plan they had. Yeah. Wow. That's a crazy case, Gretchy. Yeah. Thanks for that one. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's the moral of the story? Don't go find yourself a Sancho. Don't hide him in your bedroom. Yeah. Be thankful for what you got. Yeah. Maybe divorce is a plan. You don't even have kids. Why don't they don't just get divorced? Don't leave alone. Don't leave your woman alone in Nashville. <laughs> okay. That's the moral of the story. Give it so, to her good. So Gretchy, when you are in uh, Tennessee, make sure Jeremiah doesn't leave you doesn't alone. Doesn't leave my side. Yeah, no. I think you could find some some pretty hot Sanchos in Dollywood. You think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you guys, if you haven't joined Himalaya Plus, we're doing a contest. So please do. Mm. We're giving away cash and shirts and fun stuff so join the contest find it on yeah get a whole new case and lots of bonus content lots of bonus we're really giving it to you hard giving it to you hard and that means i get to see gretchy even more even more even more so thanks so much thanks for your ratings on apple that's helping us a lot if you haven't given one please do we really appreciate it gretchen hates when i say that is that what you're 
No, I have a headache. That's why. I'm oh, you have a headache? Speaking. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to make you egg bite bites right now. Okay. So thanks, guys. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.